Hello, hello, and welcome to Into the Script, a podcast made by enthusiastic screenwriters for those who like to delve into the mechanics of storytelling. I'm Livio Maynard. And I'm Alexander Livinov. Again, again. We're together again for another episode. This is episode number six. And hopefully many more to come. Hopefully many more to come. It's really fun. This is episode number six. And today we're gonna... It's, it, it wasn't planned. We're gonna, we're gonna talk about a, an amazing movie. Yeah, it's an amazing movie. It wasn't it wasn't planned to be this one. We we were gonna talk about another movie. Yeah, but since last time we talked about Green Book, but chance has come to our aid. Yes. So today we're gonna talk about Blind Spotting, Blind Spotting, a movie that really blew my mind, and I haven't seen that in a long time. Blind Spotting was written by David Diggs and Rafael Casal. Which also happened to star the movie. And they both star in the movie as well. And the reason why we chose to talk about Blind Spotting is because on the last episode we talked about Green Book. We discussed Green Book and uh, we pointed out a lot of things that we thought didn't work in Green Book. Oh, many things we liked, but. Especially regarding the issue that they are trying to treat right and how they treat it. Yes. In this case, it's a racial matter, right? How racial relations and... Exactly. And then this week, we I watched Blind Spotty by complete chance, and I noticed how much it related to Green Book. So th those two movies are so similar, both in themes and characters, and many, many things are similar. However, Blind Spotting works really well. And I thought Green Book didn't work at all. Like and I they, wanted to make this, this episode about Blind Spotting because I wanted us to explore sort of why, what are the reasons why one movie works and the other doesn't. It's like they say in Thailand, same, same, but different. So the, the logline for Blind Spotting reads as, While on probation, a man begins to reevaluate his relationship with his volatile best friend. That's the log line according to IMDb. Yes. I looked for the script of Blind Spotting, but I couldn't find it. It was really hard to find. I couldn't find the script. So mm -hmm. we're going to do this by what we saw in the movie. And it's interesting that you say that because it would be nice to actually have the script and take a look at it because I wonder how much of the dialogue of this movie was actually written down beforehand. And how much was maybe improvised during the That's movie. a really good question. And I did saw a short video clip of um, one of those uh, script to screen. Yeah. Short videos on Facebook. And there's a short scene of when uh, Miles, uh, Rafael Casal's character, is selling the boat in the movie. Yeah. By the way, spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the movie... <laughs> Please do so. We're going to talk about the story. Right. We're going to reveal a lot of things that happen in the story all the way to the end. It's a great movie. Go watch it and then listen to the episode. Go You've watch been it. Warned. Uh, so the scene where uh, Miles is setting the boat, it's so different. The dialogue is maybe if you follow the script uh, attentively, you'll notice maybe, I don't know, 60% of it ended up on the screen for that short scene. So... I think in average, that's that's what happened through the whole movie. 
Yeah. And a lot of those dialogues, they do look improvised. Well, yeah, one, another, another of the reasons why I ask this is because, again, the writers are the main actors, right? So it's very different when you write a movie for someone else to play it. But if you write your own lines of dialogue and how you understand the characters, I don't know, it seems like a very interesting thing. Yes, and I, I also uh, learned that they, they were writing the script for the script for nine years. Oh, wow. So You can tell almost, there's a lot of work behind it. You can definitely tell it's a lot of work. This, they've been writing on the script for a long, long time. So, yeah, I understand um, why they would uh, end up improvising a lot of the, the dialogue. Because they really know their characters, right? So, so why, why do you think blind spotting works? And Green Book doesn't. I think it's a lot fresher in a way. It's not trying to preach anything. It's not trying to be correct. They just really delve into the crudeness of the world they live in, you know? And it just... I think it goes into much real and deeper issues than Green Book, maybe. Of course, both movies are set in different epochs, right? But they do touch some similar points at some point. For example, we talk about police brutality, right? There is one scene in Green Book where they get stopped by the police and we see them go to jail and everything, but it's quite different from the type of police brutality we see in Blind Spotting. And yes. what it means, how it has evolved. So one of the things that we mentioned in the previous episode about Green Book was that the entire creative team behind the movie was made of white guys. Right. And that we weren't accusing of anyone of doing it, but that we suggested that might have played something to how they portrayed the racial relationships in the United States. And, of course... Blind spotting has a black guy behind the creative team and the one of the screenwriters. So that brought a whole different level of interpretation, of point of view and perspective to the story, I believe. I think the main point, the main point of why one story works better than the other has to do with catharsis. Like you take two, the two movies, they're both about um, the relationship between between one white man and one black man, right? In Green Book, it's about the relationship of the, uh, you know, they don't know each other and they develop a friendship. It's funny how you say catharsis, right? I think, because I think in Green Book, it's sort of like the road between these two characters. You know, you have uh, Tony Lip and Don... And one goes from, you know, Don't being a so. racist guy to opening up and letting this guy become his friend and into his family and so on. And Don's character goes from being a lonely snob to opening up also and, you know, allowing himself to have this friend who he otherwise would be friends with. Yeah. Whereas in blind spotting, I think... It's a very different situation, as in they are friends already. Yeah, that's. I was... But the realization that they come to is all the things that are, in a way, 
unseen. That's why the name of the movie is Blind Spotting, all the things that they are missing. Yeah. And it's how, you know, being a black man in Oakland, like what's, what happens with that, you know? And what about this other white guy that, you know, tries to prove everyone that he's like, almost like a black guy, you know? He calls himself a nigger. So here's, yeah, I was, I was going to get to that because, um, so in Green Book, it's about two characters that develop a friendship. Yeah. That is made in a very kind of awkward way. There's no real... So here's the thing. When you when a character reaches the end of the story, he needs to have some sort of innate... Uh, some sort of problem with him that causes him to have issues in the story, right? Some sort of conflict that he has that he keeps doing it. And then in the end, he's confronted with that. When you watch Blind Spotting. And you watch Miles' character, he believes that he lives in the same universe that Colling does. Colling is David Diggs' character. Colling is a black man living in Oakland. Miles is a white man living in Oakland. But Miles believes inside his head that he belongs in the same universe. And of course, there is this invisible wall between them the entire movie that they don't notice until the very end with one line of dialogue that Colin says, why don't you call me the N-word? Why don't you never, we never, call, yeah. you never call me the N-word. That single line of dialogue, it's like when they touch the wall and they know it's there. Yeah. They know there's this divide uh... between them and they never notice the entire story of the movie. They never notice how much far apart they are. That's the blind spot. That's the blind spot. They never notice this invisible wall between them and the single line of dialogue reveals that. It's not exposition. It's brilliantly done. It's brilliantly done. When you go back to Green Book, the two characters, they develop this friendship. Uh, the white guy, played by Viggo Mortensen Lip, he begins the movie being, he's racist, like we discussed in the previous episode. Like, yeah. he's not trying to be, he's not trying to validate himself in front of a group. You know, he's not, he's not doing, when he throws the two cups in the trash, because the two black workers drank from the cups, he does so without anyone watching him. So he really believes in what he's doing, right? So he starts off being racist, but he, here's the thing. He's never confronted with that. The entire movie, Green yeah. Book, you get to the end of the movie. He's never confronted. No one confronts him with the fact that he's racist. That's what's horrible about Green Book because the character doesn't have a catharsis in the end. He goes the entire movie just observing things happening to Don uh, Shirley. Yeah. And just kind of passively uh, trying to mitigate this, the situation. And he doesn't learn in the end. He starts off racist. He's never confronted for the fact that he's racist. Therefore, there's no catharsis, catharsis in the end. That's why the end of the movie is so, is so cringeworthy because, you know, he's sitting on the table with his family. People are calling... Uh, calling Don Shirley names and he's like, oh, you shouldn't call him that. But there's no single scene that explains how he got to that point. You know, like there's no confrontation of his issues. Yeah. The same way that it happens in blind spotting. Yeah. If you take Colin's character in blind spotting, he's also confronted with his problems because he's friends with Miles, right? Yes. But Miles is causing problems to him the entire movie. Yes. Miles is always putting him on the spot. Yes. You know, he, Miles was the one that caused him to go to jail. And he 
has problems accepting that. Val is constantly telling him, you know, Miles yeah. is going to uh, cause you problems. You shouldn't. Hang and out with he him. and he resists the entire movie. He resists. No, he's my friend. So in the end, he's confronted with that. That's also his blind spot. That's his also his blind with spot. Miles. Exactly. But the point is that he's confronted, and therefore he reaches this point of catharsis. It's like this is a problem for me, you know. Yeah. And he faces it. But also one of the things that I like about blind spotting, it's that even though he reaches this realization, in the end, nothing changes because the movie ends, well, after they have that scene with the cop, very tense scene where he almost tries <laughs> to assume the role that society sort of gives him, but he can't. He ends up saying, I'm not a killer. I've never felt the pressure of a trigger and so on. Mm -hmm. And then they go out, and Miles is on the passenger seat riding shotgun. Sorry, no, Miles is on the driver's seat driving for the first time, and Colin is in the Colin. passenger seat, which they ne they never sit like that. They invert roles. But at the same time, they keep talking as if nothing had happened. They just move on pretty quickly. It's like You mean in the end of the movie, before yeah. he goes to the... In the end of the movie, at the end of the movie, when they drive the truck and they go away, the movie ends, that Miles drinks the green juice. He's like, oh, it tastes good. I do remember, but um, so you, you're saying, are you saying that they they don't talk about what happened? In the Not too much. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think they don't that. really have to talk too much about it. They both realize. Because when... <clears throat> when Colin leaves and Miles is left alone with the cop that's crying and he says I didn't mean to do it and Miles asks are you sure about that that's probably one of the points catharsis but for who for the for Miles yeah I think the point of where Miles like is confronted with his problems is when he he, he listens to that single line of dialogue like yeah, yeah you no. never call me for sure anymore. for sure for sure that's when he reaches, like, he hits the wall and is, like, he he realizes where he actually stands, right? That's the moment he realizes his problem and this problem that it's causing everyone else's, you know, a problem. That's actually one of the, uh, if you read John Truby's Anatomy of a Story, he goes into very lengthy details about, you know, your, your character, he needs to have uh, some sort of character trait that causes everyone around him like problems and that's the that's what happens with miles he believes he lives and he belongs to this world which actually doesn't like there's this huge social divide that yeah it protects him and he doesn't realize how privileged he is for the fact that he's white um he can walk around you know he can, he buys a gun he can walk around with a gun no no cop, no cop's going to stop him and search yeah. him like if But the one night that Colin takes a gun the one night that Colin takes a gun almost stopped by the police and he is exactly. literally that, shitting his pants and that leads us to another point why blind spotting is so brilliant and green book isn't because you know the previous episode we talked so much about exposition and how Green Book is yes. always like saying out loud, saying things out loud, like whereas blind spotting, spotting is executed with such subtlety. It's and very subtle brilliance. The, it's just... So in uh, in Brazil, we have a saying like you know, 
eating from the edges of the plate. Uh-huh. When, when your meal is too hot, you eat from the edges because it's colder. So and then you say. keep eating from the edges until you reach the, 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 Center. the middle of the plate. Yeah. So that's what blind spotting does. There's this hot you know, center was it's causing a lot of problem. And, but the movie's like uh, trying to get there by the edges and yeah. always like not burning itself, not burning itself. Like green book goes straight to the, yeah, <laughs> straight to the yeah, middle yeah, of the yeah. plate and burns itself all of the time. Like, um, if you go to, uh, um, Don Shirley's character in green book, I was thinking about how much they miss an opportunity. Think about it. Don Shirley is a character and has a lot of internal conflict, right? So he feels accepted when he plays, when he's on stage and playing to a bunch of white people. And that's probably the reason why he likes to play so much and why he wants to be the best at what he does and why he's constantly improved, trying to improve. But that's never really explored in the movie. Like, you know, he talks to Lip's character to, yeah, know, it almost it almost seems as in Green Book, characters are just there to play a function in the story, whereas in Blind Spotting, the characters are the story. The character are, the characters are the story because they with Blind Spotting throughout the entire movie, yeah, they are being confronted with their problems. Like Colin broke up with Val and Throughout the entire movie, he's she trying broke, to... She broke up with him. Exactly. Uh, sorry. She broke up with him. Uh, and throughout the story movie, that's a problem for him. And he's yeah. trying to solve it. He's constantly being confronted with that. Yeah. Miles has a problem with his behavior. And throughout the movie, that's he's constantly confronted with that. Yeah. If you go to Green Book, that's not the... Like, you know, they're very passive. Like, they go out in the strip yeah. and things happen to them. Right. Which is not necessarily they're not related really the to action. their character trait, like their personality traits. Right? Yes. They're very reactive. And that's not how you, you know, how you get yeah, to the, the end of the story. They're, they're not moving the story forward. The story is happening to them. And when you do that, you get to a point where you have a terrible ending of like characters being hypocritical calling the guy names and then the guy shows up five minutes later and everybody's like, hello, hello, sit down and have a meal with us. That's such a terrible ending. I hated that. There's no catharsis. There's no confrontation. No one gets to lip and say, you are racist. And, you know, the things you are doing are wrong and your beliefs are, are, you know, you shouldn't be having the, the, believe in the things you believe. That never well, happens in the movie. He's sort of one could argue that becomes, that's preachy he, as well. Yeah, I mean, it shouldn't happen exactly like that. That's expositional. I'm just giving an example. Yes. Like he, that, that confrontation doesn't happen in the movie. You know, you could come up with a thousand different ways of making it happen, but it doesn't happen. So he gets to the end of the movie. He turns into this nice guy. Yeah, but he's never confronted. It's with. very unrealistic. Exactly. I also love how in blind spotting they delve really well into the psyche of Colin, his dreams, how the things that he see affect his state of mind, you know? And he tries to pretend that everything's okay and he's fine, you know, he's a tough guy. But how he it breaks him slowly, it begins to break him. Yeah, and that's uh, that's genius because when uh, Colin witnesses the shooting, yeah, we 
we are watching the movie through his perspective. Yes. So we are put in his position of, you know, you've witnessed this horrible thing. Yes. And you, there's very little you can do about it. You can actually hurt yourself if you do something about it. Yes. What do you do? That's what a, can you really do? Especially in his position. He's, you know, he's in probation, right? And he's exactly. almost time for him to be home exactly that's that's what i mean like you, you could you can hurt yourself by doing something about it that's a not only a brilliant conflict to have for, for his character is extremely relevant to today extremely relevant not to say that the the conflicts in green book are not relevant but there's a reason why they happen in different times there's a reason why they happen the story or the the stories are in, set in different times and the uh, what happens in Green Book, the characters are extremely passive. Things happen to them, and they sort of react, but it doesn't have a personal stake for them. Right. In blind spotting, has this very high stake of you know, if he does line. something about this, he can go to jail. Yeah. The stakes are so high. That's brilliant. In the best of cases, you know, because if he was to confront those policemen right there, who knows what could have happened. If he confronted the policeman, exactly. So the social commentary is goes very deep. Yeah, right? it goes very deep in in blind spotting, and that's why I think it works so well. Yeah, I told you it's one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. I think it's really gone underrated and underappreciated. I haven't heard much about it in media or anything, but it's truly a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen it, I'd say go watch it right now. Oh, I, I love this scene when they go to the party. You know, the party at yeah. the... I think it's one of their bosses' party or something. And it's funny because that scene happens right after they... Sean, the kid, finds the gun. Mm -hmm. And they they have to take the gun of him. So Miles's wife kicks him out. And they have nowhere to go, so they end up going to this party. And you can see Miles is already altered. So they go to this party, and it's really boring, you know, what's the word for it? Uh, hipster party? It's a really hipster party. Yeah. And uh, when Colin gets together with the other black folk at the, at the party, and the other guy sees Miles, you know, complaining about the burgers and stuff, he comes back and says, like, oh, man, I saw this guy, total culture vulture, and he starts describing him. And Colin is, is like, yeah, what a, you know, you're totally right. But then he realizes he's talking about Miles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's so well done, you know? Yeah, he, uh, I, I, at the beginning I was confused if he understood that the guy was talking about Miles. No, he didn't. But yeah, he, yeah. he didn't, he was, he thought the guy was talking about some someone else. Other but white when dude. he realizes he sees Miles through the eyes of this other guy, he's like, oh shit. And that's relevant because when he sees Miles, he knows exactly that the guy's talking about Miles because yeah. he sees that. He recognizes yes. that Miles, believe has some sort of delusion about you know living in a world that he doesn't actually belong to like the, there's this social that's divide why he's that, always trying to prove himself to everyone he's always trying to prove himself to everyone and that causes everyone problems because being a white guy he has this uh, this sort of privilege of you know being 
protected from the police and you know having access to more things than yeah. than Colin even selling stuff he uh you know because his when he goes to the saloon people comment on his skin color oh this white guy this white dude what's this white dude doing here you know there's this clear social commentary that we can see it like but miles can't and then the end of course you know he's confronted with it so that's the whole point of if you're thinking about doing your character give him a real problem that he won't he can't see at first and causes everyone else around him you know a lot of issues and give him confrontation because that's that's dramatic that's how the story works yeah if queen book had confrontation it would be such a much better it's so, so much better yeah the story would be better the ending would be better it would make more sense i don't know how that movie won an oscar for best i think the oscar should have totally gone to this movie <laughs> it, it won the best original screenplay oscar so give your characters meaningful problems issues and make sure that he is confronted with those problems in the end yeah that's what happened to colin that what happened that's what happened to miles in the end of blind spotting and that scene in the end where they clash is the best scene in the movie also one of the things that i really like about this movie i think it's very very well done and it's very difficult to do is almost for everything that they show you they show you two sides of it they show you the funny the comedic side of things and they show you the more dramatic real life consequences side of things i'm talking now specifically about the scenes where there is violence for example mm. the scene where we get shown how colin ended up in jail how he fought with his hipster over a drink and ended up leaving the guy unconscious in the street burning right of course at the beginning it looks almost like a tarantino movie if you will it's like very ridiculous how they start fighting and they boom punches start fl flying you know but later we have val's appreciation of the moment where she where these two guys that were telling the story ask him if it really happened and Till that point, the story seemed very funny the way it had been told because it had been told by this other guy telling the story to his friend. But when Val steps in and says, yes, it did really happen, it changes the tone completely of that scene when we go back and we see the guy in the floor burning and it manages to show the two sides of things. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It did. And it also almost let it slip away, you know, Calling that scene also reflects in the end when Colin's confronting the the officer. You know what what made Colin go to jail was exploding into a fight with this hipster guy um, that landed him in jail. And uh, when he confronts the officer, he has this opportunity to redeem himself, and he does by not pulling the trigger and walking away. So we see how. In the end, again, coming back to catharsis and confrontation, he's confronted with the officer. And the fact that he walks away tells us that he changed. He learned his lesson. He wants to be a better person. He wants to be the better man. And he walks away. He finds out who he is. He's not a killer. He says it. Exactly. You know, comparing that to Lip and Green Book, he, you know, when he goes to the... Uh, 
to the opera house and he doesn't find his Steinway piano and the guy says, you know, he confronts the uh, the stage uh, guy and the guy confronts him and he slaps the guy. So when the when he's pulled over by the police, the police calls uh, Lip the N-word and he punches the police officer. And again, in the end, when the uh, restaurant um, manager, manager yeah. tries to bribe him, you know, and offends him saying, you know, if you're doing this, you can be bought, it can be bought. Yeah. He's going to punch the, the, the restaurant manager again. So yeah. he never changes. So you see, there's no, there's no uh, evolution to the character, you know, like Don well, stops Well, that's him. a very relative thing because maybe he changes in the sense that he accepts who he is and he's not trying to change it anymore. That can also be a change for the character in a way. But where is but the, where is that you, moment? I agree with you. Where is, is that mo where is that moment in Green Book it's where not he, if it, if it is, it's not shown. Exactly. Where is that moment when Lip accept who he is? There is yeah. no such moment in the movie. So it's yeah, 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 yeah. you know it's that's why it doesn't work in my opinion. Yeah. He Don stops him in the end and says, "Oh, Don, if you know, if you want me to play here, I'll play here." Yeah. He he doesn't learn anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just love the the whole build up of the movie. It's written and performed and executed in a very organic way. How everything builds to the climax. You know how the pressure starts building up. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to ask what you think of the dialogues in the movie. Oh, I think they're brilliant. They they are so. They, first of all, they're very funny. Second of all, they're really original, um, and they sound very authentic. Yes. <laughs> And they have so many layers of meaning and significance, you know. I can't get this scene out of my head where, you know, after everything that's happened night before at the party and everything, Colin is waiting for Miles to come down. And Sean, his kid, comes down and he starts punching Colin. And Colin is like, no, no, stop, 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 stop. And he points his finger at him. And Sean puts his hands up and says, don't shoot, don't shoot. And for him, it's a game. Miles' wife comes out the window and says like, oh, he's young, but I've been teaching him, blah, blah, blah. But for Colin, that's such a profound moment, you yes, know, where he realizes not just his situation, but the situation like black people live in every day, at least, you know, in the USA and in Oakland, you know, like you have to tell a kid that if the police stops him he has to raise his hand and say don't shoot like that's intense you see, man you see the difference between you know that's not at all expositional no that's perfectly organic exactly it's brilliant it's heavy it's deep exactly if if when the kid says don't shoot don't shoot some other character by some reason for example i'm just giving an example said this is uh how a black man in america needs to you know, this is what a black man in America needs to do nowadays. That would be exposition. Yeah. And that what Green Book did so much. They yeah. always went one step further. Never go one step further. Yeah. Trust that your audience is going to understand what your character means. When the kid says, yeah. puts his hands up and says, don't shoot, don't shoot, that's, that's it. And I think the director, along with the sound designer, they did such an amazing job at accent different moments in the movie 
I, I think the sound is crucial for this movie. If you watch it again, listen very carefully. The way they use sounds to emphasize and bring things up or down. For example, when he, when Colin is in the courthouse or he's speaking with Mal sometimes and the voices come down and you see him zone out. I think it's brilliant, man. I think it's wonderfully done. Mm. I don't, I don't remember that particular scene, but I, I do agree that the, the, the sounds in the movie are, are really interesting. Uh, they're done in a very interesting way. Like, for example, when Miles, well, Collins, Collins is, is pointing the gun at the officer, he sort of starts rapping, and there's this beat in the, in the background. Yeah. It's very conspicuous, but you can hear it. This sort of beat, you know, this rhythm. So I agree. I think that's it for uh, Blind Spotting. Yeah, I just want to add one more thing that I think I've said before, but I want to say it again. I think the major revelation for Colin is that he doesn't just realize what's happening to him, you know. He realizes what's happening to every black person in America, if you will. You know, when he runs through the cemetery and he sees all the, the bodies and er, all the men standing there. Exactly. And in his yeah. dream, he sees all the... the. No, you're right. The fact that he is jogging through a cemetery is, yeah. is extremely meaningful. Of course. It's not... Um, oh, it's on and purpose. there's a moment I really loved in the movie, which is brilliant. When they are moving the the, the photographs... And the eye has them stand and stare at each other. And they're moving the photographs? Yes. I don't know if you remember this scene. They are moving some photographs from like an... Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some guy who a photograph takes pictures about faces. He used to take pictures of trees and impose them with a location. Mm -hmm. And the guy tells them, stand for a minute and look each other in the eye. Connect. And that scene is so simple but so profound and it's just brilliant man like, and they, they don't they don't take the guy seriously well colin does i think colin does at least more than miles mm -hmm. miles is the one who obviously gets nervous and breaks the moment but because again miles has this internal conflict and he and gets he exposed to that truth when he has to stand and look at exactly. colin in the eyes so you see how the movie kind of ties up this internal Perfectly. conflict. Mile has this internal conflict, and when he, when the guy asks, you know, just connect, he can. See, he doesn't want to face his own right internal conflict. Totally. So always have in mind your character's internal conflict matters. Um, always question the internal conflict of your character. Also, the internal conflict. I think it's inseparable from the external conflict. They should be one and the same. You know, because in the end, it is one and the same. It's internal conflict. It's what generates the external conflict. Exactly. Yep. The The internal conflict causes the external it's conflict. It's like the egg or the chicken. What came first? I don't know. Well, at least in the case of blind spotting, it's the it's Miles' inability to see that he does his beliefs are mistaken. Right. That causes problems for everyone around him. But don't get me wrong. I don't say this as a negative thing. I think mm. it's good that you don't know what comes first. It leaves the thing open to a lot more interpretations. And in my opinion, that's a good thing. In what way would uh, the external conflicts influence Miles' internal conflict? Well, 
why does he feel like he needs to prove himself to everyone? Why does he feel like he needs to get all tattooed and use the grills and speak the way he does and prove himself that he's a tough guy? Is it the external environment that made him that way? Or is it his inner conflict that... The way I understood the movie is... So both characters, they are friends for a very long time. They're extremely loyal to each other. And they don't want to give up their friendship. There's, there's again, like this invisible wall between them. And they don't want to give, you know, keeping them from being like, you know, socially uh, accepted as very close friends and, you know, hanging out together. And they don't want to give that up. And I think, you know, Colin, it, it would be much easier for but Miles to, to be part of Colin's world than yeah. Colin to be part of Miles' world. Here's the thing. Uh, of course, they don't want to give their friendship up. But what it goes all those goes back to Miles' Miles behavior, right? Because Miles' behavior is the reason why their friendship wouldn't work. And it goes back to his inner conflict, right? Mm. That's a good question. If, I guess it is. I guess you're right. It's a good thing to, that you don't actually know what comes first, you know, the yeah. what causes what. Oh, oh, there's another example of character change. By the end of the movie, when after the last day of probation, Miles is a free man. He's not going to jail anymore. He finally finishes the chore, the bathroom right. chore. True. That single frame of him doing the bathroom chore. That's a sign of change. Cleaning the bathroom. It's a proof of the, the character change. One yes. of the proofs. There's many changes that happen. I agree. I agree with right. that one. That frame is brilliant. And that happens very organically. You, you know why he does that. I think this movie has been very thoroughly thought. Every frame, every everything has been thought to the most minimum detail. Yeah. And, and I love it. You know, going back again to that scene... Um, you know, you can see that the character changed because he was confronted. The guy says, you know, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You need to do this or you're going to go back to jail. You need to do this. You need to become a better person. He's confronted, you see. And it's interesting that the whole movie takes place only like those three days before he becomes a free man and that fourth day where he's a free man. True. Right? So it's like he's at the edge of his freedom and he's presented with a choice of who does he want to be. Yeah, that's true. So I think that was a very clever choice of them. What do you think, three days? I don't know if that's a relevant number, but I, the thing is that he's at the edge of his freedom, right? So he dreams, he sees himself in court. His fear is going back to prison, ruining his life. Yeah, you know, it's like, and those are great stakes. Like very, yeah. very, at least from the character, yeah, uh, yeah. the character's perspective, it's very high stakes. It's it's he perceives himself as trying to stay afloat. He almost has to make an effort not to go back to jail. It's the the stakes for calling are very high. He doesn't go want want to go back to jail. He he uh, he almost gets pulled over by the police with a gun in his jacket. That would have been potentially fatal for him yeah. so the stakes are always very high right for on his last day of probation on his very last day of probation it's he like, could have been shot by the police yes because he had a gun 
So the stakes are constantly high on Blind Spotting. Another thing Not I love about the movie Blind Spotting is that they don't recur to gracious, like, what's the word for it? Gracious? Gratuitous. Gratuitous violence. Like, that scene with the cops, you know, it's so well done. The tension is so well managed. They don't need to get the cop of the car, have anything happen. Just the car stopping by, shining the light, looking at his face, he getting paralyzed with fear, you know? You know everything that could happen. Mm-hmm. We don't need to show you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's It goes back to trust your audience. They know what's going on. Yes. If you set up the scene, if you make make it very clear what the stakes are, He, if it, the police pull, uh, uh, search him, yeah. they're going to find the gun. It's his last day on probation. Yeah. He could have been shot. The stakes are very high. The audience knows that. And you don't like, have to take it take it a step further all, all, hmm. every single time like Green Book does. Yeah. You know, yeah. I hate that scene in Green Book when they walk into a bar. Uh, Don Trilly's drunk and there's a bunch of guys trying to beat him up, like trying to kick him out. And um, Lip shows up and put his hand in the, in, on his back like he's about to pull out a gun. And the... The um, yes, the guy says. Yeah, the guys are like, what he doesn't. Uh, yeah, the guy is like, he doesn't have a gun, and then the other guy says, but what if he does? Like, yeah. That's that I cringed. The right. other extreme. I they they took it's two like steps forward. Underestimating you know? your audience. They took two steps too too far. Yeah. Underestimating the audience. Of course, they're thinking that. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. the whole scene is. We've seen it before. You don't have to chew it and spit in their mouths you know yeah um, i think they they managed to do so many things with so much elegance blind mm-hmm. spotting that's what makes it such a good movie you know yeah. i feel like i could watch it two more times and i would still not get bored yeah me neither and it's a funny movie yeah. we recommend and i think that's uh that's all we have to say about blind spotting and yeah. green book i don't want to talk about green book anymore. <laughs> i mean here <laughs> okay thank you for listening and thank you um hope you follow us on that next episode it's a surprise but i think uh it's gonna be really fun yes look us up on facebook have any questions email any suggestions we are suggestions any questions we can uh certainly answer them for you and see you next time see you next time thank you